Welcome, welcome on back into the QC Hornet's Nest, a podcast powered by the Charlotte Observer. I'm your host and resident beat writer, Rod Boone. This is your place to get all the latest buzz, news, and nuggets on the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be telling stories that other shows won't and giving the inside access other shows can't. This week, I'm joined by Teo Maladon. We discuss how he'll get more playing time with LaMelo re-injuring his ankle where his current comfort level is, how playing in Europe prepared him for the NBA, and more. So you ready? Okay, let's go. Let's get it. Just when you thought the Hornets were going in the right direction, they get the dreaded injury bug biting them once again. So for those who may have been under a rock, LaMelo Ball re-injured his sprained left ankle with about a minute and a half or so left in the Hornets lost to the Pacers Wednesday night at home and he's out. Who knows how long he's going to be out, but he's not going to play for a while. Um, Cause even judging off the way he came back um, in Miami, when I was able to speak with him after the game, he said that he probably would not have played and came back so soon. If Dennis Smith jr. Did not get hurt two nights earlier against the Heat and sprained his left ankle. So now with Lamelo being out for a while, it's back to Jordan Bohr for the Hornets because, as we know, the offense, the team, is built around him. And he's the engine, and as he goes, they go. So although they were able to win, you know, three games without him, we saw as well how much they struggled not having their star player out there. So if you're the Hornets, you know, you, you just feel a little snake bit right now. It's probably what I, you know, it's what I wrote today um, or, or after the game, I should say. It's very, very um, difficult to see a rainbow at the end of the, you know, a rainbow coming up here, a pot of gold. Like they just aren't giving you anything right now that's making you say, all right, these guys are going to be okay when they get healthy. They can't get healthy. Until they are healthy, you can't really even say that. We need to see it first. You know, Gordon Hayward's banged up. You know, you got Cody Martin, um, you know, walking around on crutches trying to still, you know, recover. Uh, from, you know, getting his arthroscopic surgery. You know, the, the Hornets just in a tough spot right now with the injuries. And you can't really account for them as, as a coach or as a staff. It kind of is what it is. You know, you're going to know you're going to probably at some point during the season have some. But, man, the Hornets got to find something quick here because you can't use this as an excuse. Even though deep down inside you know it is. But they still have guys out there who can go out there and steal a game or two and just hold things down until they start getting some of these injured bodies back. It's been one of the craziest stretches for the Hornets, even going back to training camp. And it's been all about injuries. It's injuries. Every week, it's injuries. We have yet to have a game where they've had the full roster of players especially the key rotation players available. Going back to the preseason, you got Cody Martin banged up. 
Yeah, Gordon Haywood missing the games. LaMelo obviously got injured at the end of the preseason. Then you had Terry Rozier go down and the uh, home opener against New Orleans. I mean, they just have been besieged by injuries. And at some point, you have to wonder if it will be too emotionally draining for these guys. You know, after LaMelo got hurt, we spoke to him um, after the Pacers game. You know, he said that it, it it takes some air out of the team, you know, out of the organization. It's just hard when your best player goes down twice and the season is barely a month old. So the Hornets have to figure out a combination that's going to be able to get them through this tough stretch. You know, Teo Maldon, who is this week's guest, and we'll talk to him a little bit later on, it's going to be kind of on a little bit heavier to pick up some slack with a mellow out. You know, Dennis Smith Jr., um, you know, obviously he's been hurt too. We mentioned the injuries. He got banged up in, in Miami. So we'll see what's happening with him. But, you know, the Hornets are just really struggling right now in the backcourt to keep guys healthy. And if they can't, you know, figure this out without LaMelo and, you know, Gordon for a few more games, it appears, then the season's almost already over. And who would think to even suggest something like that this early? I understand that they're still within striking distance of 10th place in the Eastern Conference. They're going to be there for a while. It's not going to be something where they, they can't catch the teams that are in front of them in terms of the lower echelon of the Eastern Conference. But when you lose eight straight games, nine of your last 10, when you were three and three, and all of a sudden you're four and 12, and you don't have your all-star player in his regular form, and you're not sure when he's coming back, you could be in for a very, very long season in Uptown. So the Hornets have to get this turned around ASAP. Because you don't want to just kill your team's psyche at this point in the season because there's so much more time left. And again, even though you can make up ground in the standings, you can still be there later on months from now. If you dig too far of a hole, that ain't happening, Captain. So the points have to get this thing going again in the right direction. And they need to do it starting this two-game road trip that they have coming up against Cleveland and against Washington before coming home against the Sixers. In this week's mailbag, we have a couple of questions here um, that I want to get to. And one was from Twitter from at Mr. Cupcheck. I'm assuming that's not Mitch, but just a guess there. But the question is, as an opponent of tanking, what do you view as the best alternative strategy for acquiring core blue chip talent? on LaMelo's timeline that doesn't require mortgaging the future. Yes, let's address this real quick because the tank, tanking thing still is gaining steam amongst people on the outside. Um, and I guess I can understand where you're trying to come from because the team is struggling right now. You figure, hey, let's just lose all our games and have a chance to get Victor um, Wembanyama. But I mean, let's be honest here. Um, that's not going to make things essentially uh, 
It's, it's not going to happen in terms of the Hornets. They won't go out there and just tank on purpose. It's not how they do things. Steve Clifford didn't come to Charlotte to tank. It's part of the reason why he actually said he didn't want to continue in Orlando with the Magic because he didn't want to go through a rebuild. And they kind of were breaking the whole thing down, and he didn't want to go through that again. So he's trying to win these ball games. He's not trying to to, to tank to get a first round, um, you know, overall draft pick, number one draft pick overall. He's not doing that. So to me, build this team through not only the draft but trades. The Hornets have to make some smart trades here to be able to acquire the right talent without giving up too much and attaching too many draft picks to these deals that would essentially potentially mortgage your future because the Hornets are going to have to build through the draft every year. They're not going to be able to have people come here beating on the door and saying, I want to play for this franchise. While LaMelo obviously will help in that regard, it's difficult to just hang your hat and say, that's what we're going to do here. Um, so I, I just I just think the Hornets have to find a way to infuse the roster with talent and do it via trade. Now, as the trade deadline, you know, that next summer, before the draft or after the draft, before, you know, free agency begins in July, whatever it is, to me, the trades are how they're going to improve this team because we are going to have to either overpay to get somebody to come here as a free agent, which you don't want to do, or again, build through the draft, which is fine and all, but it takes time because the players that you're building through need experience. So to me, the only way I see that happening in the right regard for the Hornets in, in terms of building this roster and you know putting the right place pieces around LaMelo is to do it via trade. So whether or not that happens, we'll see, but that's the answer to that question from my perspective is I would go out there, get them the, the horn, the cell phone, text message, whatever you want to call it, and start trying to figure out who's available and what kind of price it's going to cost me. Because sometimes these deals behind the scenes sound a lot better than what they really are uh, publicly. But, um, you know, it just it just didn't – the Hornets had to find some way, somehow, to be able to acquire talent, to me, via trade. So hope that answers your question. The other question I got – a little bit the last couple of days here is one um, that I, I got from somebody on Twitter also say um, his Twitter handle is at Epic Sports God. And the question was, are we ever going to get an update or timeline on the Gordon Haywood injury? And I'll say, as I said before, previously in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, that whenever we have updates, first of all, just so you guys are aware, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm going to give you the update as soon as I get them for the most part. Um, I'm not going to sit and, and, and wait on something that's injury related because I know that's something that people ask about all the time. So we haven't got a specific update on Gordon, um, but I can tell you that he's not definitely going to play against Cleveland. That's, that's a fact, um, you know, and, and you can actually get a little more info on him and how he's feeling. And you want to catch up a couple of days here um, and, and hopefully read my insider. I'll be able to talk to him and kind of get, his take on where he's at and just how he's feeling after being banged up once again. But there's no definitive timetable on when he'll be back. Um, I just know that from what I understand, you know, he's working toward it, but um, 
he has to do a little more strengthening and just range of motion exercises to be able to get to where he wants to before he can play the way he hopes to. So no specific timetable again on Gordon. Um, but again, whenever that does come about, I'll make sure that you guys are the first ones to know. So thanks for the questions. As I mentioned previously, always, I like to interact with you guys when you ask me questions. Uh, I was able to do a mailbag for the first time in a while this week. Hope you guys enjoyed that. And, you know, again, we'll keep it moving. So if you have questions for me um, throughout the week, you can submit them and I'll do my best to choose a couple and answer them for you guys. So I hope you enjoyed this segment. Thanks for your participation. All right, next up, this week I was able to speak to Teo Maladon. I spoke with him before the Hornets left to go on this two-game road trip to Cleveland and D.C., and I wanted to get into a couple of different things with him about his comfort level, um, just him getting a little more playing time now with Lamelo being out, um, how things over in Europe, playing ball over there, not only how much different is it compared to playing ball in the States in the NBA, but how did that help him as he, you know, moves forward his career here? And, you know, I had a really good conversation with him. I'm going to bring you guys to that, bring you guys some of that now. And I hope that you enjoy it. Thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate you. Um, obviously, with Melo Mel being a little bit injured, man, you probably get a little more playing time now. Just what's it like for you to know that even though you've been tr contributing already, that you might get a little more playing time going forward here for a little bit? Uh, I think uh, my mindset to stay the same uh, as well as um, trying to be ready for the game preparation. And, uh, it's just uh, being ready for trying to be ready for the opportunity. And how do you get ready for the opportunity like this? Um, make sure I watch film, uh, watch myself, uh, know the offense strengths, weaknesses, our strengths, our weaknesses, and try to implement them and be ready as much as as much as possible when I get to the court. Now you mentioned it earlier, but I mean, you kind of came here kind of like you know uh, late, obviously in training camp. Like, what's it been like to kind of pick things up on the fly? And how comfortable do you feel now compared to when you first got here? Yeah, for sure, it was a challenge. Um, but I mean, I think it was just extraordinary for me during my my free time, my spare time to just get acclimated a little bit more. So I think I picked up pretty easily. And uh, especially as being the point guard, I think it's something that is pretty huge uh, if you want to get minutes on the floor. So I just try to put extra extra work, whether it was on the court or on film, or just looking at plays and stuff like that, just to get along with the team. And so for sure, as it went on, uh, I feel way much more comfortable. Yeah, it seems like it's paid off because it seems like whenever Coach puts you out there, like you're – you're doing your thing like you're not in a certain um i guess mind frame that you're not uh i guess you just basically you should be out there um what's it like to not only go out there and and show people you can do something that maybe they, they think you can do but to actually um go out there and help your team the way you want to on top of that and i think it's for sure something that i personally put a lot of pride on uh, i think uh, i always want to Every time I'm on the court, I want to be able to be, uh, when you get when I get off the court, be like, okay, he gave something that, he gave a plus to the team, and uh, he helped the team play the right way. So that's something that I think is really important for me to play efficiently and, uh, you know, just be there on both sides of the floor. Um, but it's just something that uh, I'm trying to stay focused on. I noticed when you first came to, you were doing a lot of shooting, like getting your, your jump shot down with some of the coaches, man. Yeah. Um, how much probably taking your jump shot? Cause it seems like your strokes pretty smooth out there on the floor. Yeah, I think it's always something that I always um, put extra work on. Um, I think thanks to the coaches there, 
helped me like uh, change a couple stuff and uh, change a little things. So I think I feel more comfortable now. It's just trying to take the opportunity and uh, being confident and taking my shots on the game. When you're out there with um, like other guards, like sometimes you're out there with Dennis Smith Jr. Um, you know, Lamelo obviously. You know, you out there with him before he got injured. When you're out there with two point guards. What's it like to have somebody else out there when you're not the ball handler? You can be also somebody who plays off ball or on ball, if, if whatever depends out there. I think it's something uh, that I'm, I've been used to. I think uh, back in Europe, it was uh, on the team that I was on, it was already like that. And uh, the past year, uh, with, uh, uh, the past year we were coming to you had a lot of ball handler on the court at the same time. So I think it's something that I'm finding again. And uh, it's always a plus, you know, to have a uh, Two guys that can bring the ball up, call the same play, and uh, and uh, you know be efficient on and off the ball. Um, you mentioned you know, playing in Europe, man. How much different is the game over here compared to Europe? And how long did it take for you to kind of get more comfortable and, and be able to play the way you want to over here in America? Yeah, it's for sure completely different. Um, you know, just the rules, course, not the same. Obviously, talent's not the same as well. Um, but. I think it's it's a plus that I learned that uh, the European basketball, and uh, I think it's something that I can carry over uh, into the, the game in the league as well as bringing the game. I think it's a little bit of a plus and uh, little things that could help me for sure. Like what? Like tell me, give me an example. I mean, you know, just being in Europe, there is so much. I mean, of course, more than mm -hmm. three seconds, you know, so. Guys already in the paint, and uh, so when you play a pick and roll, you, you don't have that much pace compared to in the NBA, for example. Yeah, way much, way much more space to you know Nash or just snakes, you know, little things like that. Um, yes, yeah, a lot of little things like that uh, for sure. Little details. Just last thing is tell me about um, just how um, just how I guess how happy you are to be with an organization that essentially kind of wants you here and went out there and got you a two-way contract. And not only that, but you're playing and contributing. Like, just what's it like to be a part of this organization now, knowing they really went out there to get you? Yeah, no, it feels amazing, you know, to, to feel wanted. And I think it's um, added motivation for me, you know, to um, just being thankful for that opportunity and uh, that trust and uh, just for me to go out there and uh, be the most competitive that I can be, you know, learn the most that I can be be the best player that I can be and uh, just, you know, to give back to the trust that, they gave me, that they're giving me. What's Coach Clifford told you about what he expects from you out there on the floor? I mean, you know, just, just to play my game. And, uh, you know, uh, I think Coach Clifford is someone that holds, like, everybody accountable. So, you know, he has the standards that you got you to gotta meet if you want to uh, get some playing time. So just really trying to be focused on those things and uh, then uh, – add to my game and bring what I can do on the floor as well. Hey, well, cool, Teo. Thanks for some time, man. Appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you very no much. Yes, sir. All right. This week's random stat is one that's kind of hard to wrap your head around considering the company that Mason Plumlee was able to keep with a performance he had against Portland last week. Uh, now, you guys probably forgot because a lot of times with Mason, a lot of the stuff that goes good kind of falls through the cracks and whatnot. Um, but he essentially became the third player all time in NBA history to record at least two games with 15 or more points, 15 or more rebounds, five or more assists, 
while also shooting 100% from the field. Let me repeat that. Mason Plumlee has two career games where he's had 10 or more points, 15 or more rebounds, five or more assists, and shot 100% from the field. And he joins Wes Unseld and one of the GOATs of all time, Wilt Chamberlain, as the only three players in NBA history to record multiple games with those kind of stats. If that's not mind-blowing, I don't know what else is. As somebody else mentioned, uh, since when do you ever hear Wes Unseld, Will Chamberlain, and Mace in the same sentence? Well, now we do. Now we have a reason to put them in the same sentence. So, uh, again, incredible feat by Mason um, to be able to have two career games where he's had 10 or more points, 15 or more rebounds, five or more assists, and made every one of his shots from the field. That's incredible stuff. So just want to give you guys that nugget because when I saw that one, that kind of blew my mind away as well. So there you have it. Many, many thanks to my guest, Teo Maladon. And thank you so very much for joining me for this latest ep of the QC Hornets Nets. I'm Rod Boone. For more Hornets content, check out charlotteobserver.com. And for special offer to gain full access, click the link in my stories where it says support my work with a digital subscription. All right. Until next time, we out.